Our scripture this morning is from Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault, because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel, unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house, where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, and the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, as much, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fed, fled from him. Then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel 
and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church, and um, before we get started today, just have a couple of uh, personal um, reflections. First, um, I want to welcome Sandy Smith, First Lady at New City Church. Uh, go, just stand up real quick. Sandy is the wife of uh, Kevin Smith, the pastor of New City Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, very close friend of mine, pastor in the PCA. Um, one of 40-something black pastors. So, hey, it's a rarity. Good to have you. You know you know what I'm saying. Um, and uh, also, over there is your very own first lady back from surgery. Stand up, Kelly. Good to have you. Can you stand up? Come on, you good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, she's been gone for a month or so. And um, it's been, what, right at a month, right? So good to have you back at church. As we continue in our sermon series through the book of Daniel, um, last week our assistant pastor, Reverend Amari Hill, um, led us through chapter 5, where we saw the end of the Babylonian Empire. Many, many take Paris. Got to go back and listen to the message to get that. <laughs> but it meant the end of Babylon. But in comes the Persian Empire. Some of y'all, you know, you've seen the movie 300, right? That came out in 2006. In the movie, you have King Xerxes, really tall, weird looking kind of guy. But anyway, um, that was the king of Persia in that movie. Well, he came into power about 70 years after the King Darius, or as Amari put it, Darius. I'm going with Darius because I know some Dariuses. <laughs> Is my cousin-in-law named Darius? Okay, we'll be going with Darius. My cousin Darius. Um, and there is some controversy about who Darius, about this Darius in our story. Is this, who is this Darius in chapter 6, really? Um, since there's no outside historical evidence of a King Darius who ruled before King Cyrus, some believe it was a general that ruled Babylon as a kind of a stand-in king until King Cyrus took up residence there. 
Some think Darius, therefore, is a way of saying king in Aramaic, right? Or, or king in a Persian way without saying the proper name. It's like saying 45, right? Instead of President Trump. But anyway, no reason to believe that this story didn't really happen under a real ruler who was referred to as King Darius. But anyway, Daniel has outlived two Babylonian rulers and is now under his third empire, the first being his own country, that he was exiled from. And commentators figure Daniel's age is now about 80. Remember, he came in as a teenager under King Nebuchadnezzar. Safe to say, when it came to his government job, Daniel was a lifer, an expat lifer. And as much as things change, things stay the same. Daniel has risen to the, stop, to the top as a wise and trusted advisor in the kingdom, and King Darius takes notice. And he wants to eventually make him the governor over the, all the kingdom. But Darius was not the only one to take notice, was he? His jealous co-workers took notice too. And he schemed, they schemed to get Daniel gone. So knowing Daniel was a believer who prayed three times a day towards Jerusalem, they approached King Darius with an offer he could not refuse to have a 30-day all-praise-the-King Darius celebration where you, could get, where you could only praise King Darius and not pray to or praise any other God. Darius thought, yep, it's my birthday, right? For 30 days. Why not? I do me, Right? And as soon as Daniel went to his normal prayer time and routine with the window open, praying out loud, they went back to king and snitched on Daniel and let the king know that the law that he was bound to keep said that Daniel had to be thrown into a lion's den for disobeying him. Got him, right? So the king hoodwinked, bamboozled, right? Looking for a loophole and finding none had to throw his best man, Daniel, the top advisor in his kingdom at that time, Daniel in the den with the lion. The Bible tells us that the next day, King Darius goes running to the den, calling up to Daniel, are you alive? Did your God deliver you? I'm thinking, come on, man. Lion's going to eat, right? Everybody knows that. Don't you know what he, I, I, sometimes I wonder, what was Darius thinking? I mean, maybe it was a guilt-driven drama display for others, right? To see that he didn't like what had happened, like a family member at a funeral talking to the dead loved one in the casket. But Darius finds what has become one of the most famous historical accounts in the Bible. A living Daniel in a lion's den. With the lion's thought about that. Like, forget the pictures I've seen, right? In our house in Charleston downstairs, there's a stained glass window in our bathroom, and it's a, it's a picture of, of Daniel and the lion's den. You remember that, Kelly, in there? And Daniel just chilling, right? Like laying on a couch, right? And the lions look like my cat, just, right? Now I start, maybe, okay, but if they, I always wondered when it said the angels came and closed their mouths, are the lions frustrated? Are they trying to get their mouths open? Right? There's food. I know I would. Because if you think about it, when the haters and their family got thrown in there, I mean, they went immediately. The Bible says they didn't even hit the bottom of the den before the lions was eaten. 
Daniel's story is dramatic and extra. It's the most. So some of us look at it and be like, yeah, 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 Sunday school time. With the lions not eating him and all of that and the angels. But have you ever thought that maybe every day is a day in the lion's den that you haven't recognized? Especially for those who are faithful followers of the God of the Bible. I said faithful. What Daniel shows us in this world is that in this world, this world rather, is a dangerous place because of what is around us and what is in us. But that the Lord, the God of the Bible, is a protector in this dangerous place as our Savior and as our King. So it's those two things we'll focus on today from this chapter, that first, this world is a dangerous place, place, both without and within, and that God is our protector as our Savior and King. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand what this chapter in Daniel explicitly reveals. There are dangers, like with Daniel here, over, all over the place around us. Verse 24 describes Daniel co-workers as what? Malicious accusers, just haters. And then we see the violent, unforgiving law of the Persians play a role in verse 15. And of course, the lions themselves. Whether it's certain laws, y'all, and ethics of this world, and people of this world are seen or unseen conspiracy of things, and people that are real and tangible that just creep in on you. There are people and forces and things that can and want to harm you. Sometimes for their own evil desires, for their own movements. There, there are real living things like lions and wild things and poisonous things and diseases and sicknesses that are out here and can take you down and out and harm you. There are all sorts of inhumane people and spiritual forces and enterprises going on that are dangerous to who you are. I thought about, you know, I watch a lot of these conspiracy things, you know, on Netflix and, you know, one, like, they have a little subtitle, is your food killing you, right? When I grew up, we didn't have no gluten-free people growing up. <laughs> you ever wondered that? If you're gluten-free, you're going to starve. <laughs> well, I can't eat that because it's not whole grain. Too bad. Right? I, for, some, but some, for some reason, we kept living. And so I'm wondering, like, you know, we here, Right? In fact, the boomers, they live in a long time, right? Not too long. They just live in a long time. My daddy ain't going nowhere. He told me, go on and get your own money. Get your own money. I'm spending it up. I'm traveling. I'm buying stuff, right? I think he's going to Africa in a month or so. Like, I'm just, just, hey, get your own money. I'm living a long time. He wasn't gluten-free, <laughs> right? So I'm thinking, is, is our food making us sick? And I look at the industry stuff, and you look at all them behind the scenes, and there is something to it. You know, we got super-sized chicken. Yeah, I didn't think about what churches like. Church's chicken, that is chicken on steroids. You ever see that thing? <laughs> but I wonder, is our food making us sick? Is, and, and, and it's true, there is a sense in which industry and money go before 
feeding you. <laughs> in fact, the thing that should make you healthy, that keeps you living, they put stuff in it to harm you that will actually harm you to make a profit over you trying to nourish yourself. Right? And it's the same thing in the story. Daniel's co-workers could have seen Daniel. Hey, this dude is the cream of the crop. He can make the business grow. We can all get rich together if Daniel was in charge. But, but, but instead, they were bent on hurting him, using a system they were over, actually in charge of, to harm him, and in doing so, willing to cripple and hamper the progress of the thing they were called to care for to get him. Dangerous. What is interesting here is that Darius and Daniel, they don't see it. They don't know that there are lions in the bushes, that they are in a den of danger until it is too late. Well, at least Darius doesn't. You know, I was, you know, of course I started studying lions because I'm writing a sermon and I'm like, hey, I think God wants me to study lions. Now I just want a little break, right? But it was neat anyway. Remember last time I preached, I said, don't be looking at the animal kingdom to figure out how you should live your life. They be eating each other and all. You don't, you don't, that ain't us, right? We need to look up to God for our image and likeness to kind of figure out how to live. Because remember I talked about how people looking at the monkeys to figure out their sexuality? You don't need that. Okay? Some of y'all, we're not doing that. But anyway. But I still looked, okay? In the lionesses, greatest skill is stalking and confusing and then ambushing and tripping up their prey with great power. You know, they like to go to the, to the water hole, hole, right? Everybody just drinking the water, not looking, thinking everything's okay, especially the young ones, right? The young millennial, I'm sorry, the young ones, <laughs> right? The millennials, the Gen Zs, or the Ys, you know, they walking around with their cell phones. That's the water hole. They just... I'm calling my son, Harrison, can't hear me, got the little ear things in, Harrison, Harrison, Harrison. <laughs> it's just an illustration, you know. We got our own distractions, but we're so distracted, and we're listening to happy music, and we're playing games, and we post it on Instagram and Facebook, and, and making money, and doing our thing, and running, and rolling, and Ubering here and there, that we don't see that there is danger all around us. And, and, and what the lioness does is, is it comes in and trips up their prey on their own feet with great power, overwhelming their adversaries, and breaking their necks, real physical manipulative power and danger. This is our world, right? You and I, everyone else. Have you ever recognized the statistics on death? One out of every one person's gonna die. <laughs> it's terrible, but y'all don't live like it. You live like, I'm gonna be the one that escapes. I got three lives on a video game. No, you don't. There ain't no extra life. This is it. This is it. This is you. Have you ever seen the statistics on being sick or getting hurt? One out of every one person going to get sick, right? Or get hurt or have something break down. You know, everybody says, ouch, in some way. And if you got that disease or something where you can't feel pain, it still harms you, right? Every one out of one, people. You and I, again, are but flesh and blood. We are breakable and vulnerable and killable and edible. <laughs> You meet, meet, 
I don't want you, but somebody else might want to eat you. I don't know. We have those. You're trickable and limited and delicious to some in real life. You know, I like shows like When Animals Attack. Some of y'all know that. Sometimes it'd be on and you're just like, whoop, whoop, can't stop watching. Remember that guy who put the deer set all over him? And they tell the videos like, here is his wife filming him getting killed by the deer. I'm like, what's she doing? <laughs> I'm going to make me some money, right? Well, you stupid enough to put the deer sitting, the deer all standing up, hitting him in the face. <laughs> Serves him right, right? Like, okay, we're not getting there. But animals do attack, right? Like the lions and lion den, but they refer to something else, right? The lions are an illustration of human, humans in this world, right? They have this new show on HLN, I don't know if y'all seen it, called Very Scary People. And they talk about Manson and some other killers and all them kind of folk. And, um, and, and what's the other man's name? Um, Kate? Anyway, I can't remember all those crazy, scary people. But I thought about that. That's a right understanding of how people can actually be. What do you think is holding your mind together? We're not getting there yet. But I love mystery and crime shows, too, especially the British ones. Boy, they, the British know how to get to them evil stuff. I mean, it's, they, shoot. <laughs> and they don't even have to show no blood. They just shoot like Agatha Christie. What? Even, uh, what? How in the world? Right? But especially, and, and, and as much as I watch, I watch a lot of them. You know what's crazy? I've never seen two crimes the same thing. Right? They never run out of ways of situations where people hurt each other. People come up and invent new ways and reasons to be dangerous and criminal, criminal and crush, crush each other. You know, folks go around saying, you know, we're all basically good. No, you're not. Not in how we are. I ain't good. I'm not talking about what I do. I'm talking about what's been done to me. I ain't good. I'm unarmed, I'm injured, I'm scared now. I'm ready to, to fight back, right? So even that makes me not good. N not in how we are and in, in, in what, in what we have the capacity to do and be as a pastor especially. What's the song say? I ain't gonna give you broccoli and tell you it's greens, right? I'm not gonna lie to you. You are not good. The world needs to know that. And we must approach and live in this world as if there are real and overwhelming and deadly dangers now. It makes sense now, doesn't it? Ver it makes sense, doesn't it? What verse 10 says here, that Daniel prayed three times a day. And he didn't do it just because he heard what was going on. It's not like, hey, I'm going to make a stand for Jesus today, for God, and I'm going to open my window and pray. No, the Bible says this is what he normally did. What's this tell you? Is that Daniel is saying, y'all, he lived knowing he was always in the lion's den. Just by being in the world, he was ready and acknowledging of the lurking dangers without. Why do we pray? Why do we lean in? Why, are we believe, why do we believers huddle together in and over each other's lives? Why, why do we not only call out to God, but call the world to join us? Because it is a jungle out here. And the Bible itself says, Satan is like a roaming lion seeking whom he can devour. There are physical and spiritual and human forces that are eyeing us like today blue plate special every time we get up 
And sometimes there's danger just because there's a collision of not so equal and opposite forces in this world. We could be harmed and hurt at any and every moment. It's a wonder that y'all still here as good as you are right now. Maybe you should sing that song again, right? Break every chain. Why, why y'all okay? Think about the many dangers. I had a, uh, heard a sermon once, and this, this, this pastor was talking about how if we could take a photograph of everybody's life, and in the background of the photograph, there's a, there's a car just coming right past you, just missed you, right? That, that there's something you almost ate that killed you, right? That by God's grace, you are here. But not only is this world a dangerous place because of dangers without, but also the dangers within. You see the lions within? The vulnerabilities within the den of people's hearts in the story? There's envy, there's pride, there's fear and anger. Those are the biggest lions in this story because they drive everything. Look at verse 4 with me in chapter 6. He says, then the high officials and, and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could, not, they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. The people who work with Daniel want to find a way to kill him, to get rid of him. Because of what? Envy, malice, as verse 24 says. Th- these are dangerous people because inside they are dangerous. And I'm not talking about just aggressiveness, y'all. But the dangers of just being weak in some way. Or carrying around insecurities. You, ever, you know the most dangerous people in a horror movie? Right? If, if you watch that kind of thing, or the most dangerous people when you're in trouble, the scary ones. Right? They always leave the door open. Right? They're always running. They're always scared. It's, it's, the, it's the unaware people. It's, it's the ones who forget or get caught up with their lover that they forget that there's a killer in the woods, right? And that is the dangerous stuff within us. And then not to mention the danger of King Darius's pride. Look at verse 6 through 9 with me. It says, Then these high officials and satraps came up, came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and governors are are, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforcing an injunction that whoever makes makes position to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. King Darius put Daniel in danger by being okay with being honored like a god. He wants this so bad, y'all. He's so thirsty, right, for for position and and pride and honor that he becomes a danger not only to himself but to his own kingdom and to Daniel's survival here. Our hearts are like the lion's den. It traps us. 
And like Daniel in the lines, that it binds our will and our minds and our desires. We, we are put in harm's way by jealousy and fear and compromise and pride and comfort and emotional and mental scars, hidden uh, struggles of sin, even things you don't even know about yourself emotionally and mentally and spiritually. You know, I'll just tell you, for me, I'm most in danger in a lion's den internally on Sunday night and Monday, right? Moping, all depressed, self-loathing. Man, that sermon was bad yesterday, right? Mixed with manic ups and downs. And, 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 and last time I preached, and I talked about my own battles with unseen and internal mental brokenness, and, and how it just, it, it just about consumed me in, in my marriage, in, in my family, and even my ministry here. Some of us are mentally, spiritually, emotionally upwind, if you will, right? Or downwind. What I mean is by that, by that is that our carnal, most base human and unstoppable uh, broken humanity with its inner desires and hungers are easily sniffed out by and attractive to Satan in this malicious, hateful world. There's almost like these pheromones of undealt with and unmet desires or, or even right desires for God, like Daniel's prayers and living for God. The smell and aroma of our spirituality or lack thereof before God is wasting, right? Out in the window, in, into the streets, and are in the wind, and this world and its evil is tracking us down. Our weaknesses, whatever they may be, have made us targets for the devil and other equally hungry people and institutions in this world. We are broken and bleeding and food and attractive to the spiritual and mental lions without that seek to feed on us within. I'm talking about stuff That'll make us betray and question our faith and hurt those we love and have no intention of hurting like King Darius here. Isn't it amazing how pride hurts somebody else he loves? Sometimes when we have unaddressed issues on the inside, at some point we have no choice or option like Darius here to hurt or be hurt, to consume or be consumed, to hide or be captured, to run or be swallowed up. I mean, Darius is all eaten up and pounced on and conflicted and ultimately signs Daniel's death sentence. Look with me at verse 14. Sister, then the king When he heard these words, these accusations, right, he found out where his pride put him. He was what? Much distressed. It set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. When the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den of of den of lions, the, the king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And hear this. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his, of his lords that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and, and sleep fled from The dangerous, wild stuff within will make you do stuff 
like walk away from your marriage. Turn on your children. Destroy yourself. Walk out and turn your back on the faith. And do what you sort of don't want to do. And become what you hate. And get addicted to feeling, right? Alive and doing you, right? The lions within will corner you and stalk your hearts and minds and will ambush the broken places and bleeding scars of pain and, and will feed on and consume your self-worth to the point where you will give in and even give up your body and mind and dignity to be controlled and gobbled up. Like, like what ended up happening with the envious accusers of Daniel, whatever is driving you and hunting you down because of what is unaddressed within will and may have put those you love, hear me, in danger of losing their lives. Our children, communities are being mutilated and broken like the accusers of Daniel here, because we are jealous. We want bigger this. We want better that. We want faster that. We want smarter children. We want to be able to brag. We want to look good. We want to be smart. These are lions here. And you know what happens? Everybody else suffers. Because you're wildly unaware and afraid and unequipped to deal with what's within and careless emotionally and spiritually. You don't even know what's going on in your heart. You know why? It's why at Christ Central Church, uh, when we talk about it in a new members class, right? We, we, we must refuse to be the kind of church community that is only about surface behaviors and morals. But must of the Bible cause us to ask the deeper questions. Through discipleship stuff like community groups, and some of y'all are in counseling and therapy and, and meeting with, with, that, with, with each other and asking why and how did my heart get in this place and position, being more and more aware of what's going on here by God's guidance. Some of us need to begin to practice mindfulness as believers when we sit down and take a break and sit still and ask, where am I? What's going on in here? Who am I? Where is God in my heart right now? But look what Darius says as he signs Daniel's execution work, paperwork in verse 16. The king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. The king, who's manipulated and stalked, and eventually tripped by his own dangers and lions within and without, recognizes that with all his authority and all his power, he is powerless to save Daniel from the dangers of this world. He is powerless to save Daniel from the dangers his own pride and sin put Daniel in. Bound and unable to fight in the den, neither is Daniel powerful enough. So God, the God of Daniel, the Lord alone, 
must be their protector and deliverer as the savior and true king. Let's face it. There was a law here. And the justice of human brokenness, even if they were tricked and succumbed to it, causes the law to condemn them. So as Darius says, someone or something must intervene for you, Daniel. Something must intercede between what cannot and will not change by human effort or good deeds and good works or human power or even human love. Look at verse 19. It says that then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a, in a tone of anguish. The king, the king declared to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, Oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. What Daniel, Daniel says sounds familiar to what the gospel later proclaims about Jesus, doesn't it? That God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, the story of Daniel and Eliezer is not primarily, I know we do this and we got the little picture and all that, all right. But you see, the story of Daniel and Eliezer is not primarily about God saving Daniel from the lion's den. Because, okay, I know y'all don't know this, because the prosperity gospel, I, I know how it works, right? But did you recognize and know just based on the direction your own Lord went? Okay, like, if Jesus is your Lord, you're probably going to be followed the same way. As a matter of fact, it's your privilege to follow the same way, right? <laughs> so believers are expected to die for their faith and be persecuted. I mean, if you look at the first century stories, right? Plenty of Christians went into the lion's den and guess what happened to them? They didn't come out. So this isn't about God's going to always deliver us from the lion's den. Okay, I just, I want to bring that full circle for you believers, right? If he died, okay. This would be a different kind of story. Daniel died for God in a lion's den. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Right? No. This is about how God's work in and through Daniel's life saved Darius from his lions. In fact, look at what Daniel says to Darius when he greets him from the lion's den in verse 21. What's he say? Darius is the one distressed. Right? He's the one scared. He's the one praying and fasting. He knows he's done something unjust. He knows that the inner lions have gotten him. He knows his pride put him in a position to harm and hurt Daniel. And what does he say? Right? He says in verse 21, Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. I know what I would have said to the king. (laughs) I'm alive, you old fool. Right? You threw me in here, dummy. I'm back, right? God had to deliver me. He says, no, O king, you live forever. 
Now, this was a real twist in the story. I would have said, I'm living forever. Something, right? This is my testimony, right? I'm going to praise him solo, right? You know how we do. But Daniel doesn't talk about his situation in the lion's den outside of king. Let me, let me, let me put the heading on it. Let me, let me put the theme to everything I'm about to say. Oh, king, you live forever. Wow. In other words, what happened to me in this lion's den or didn't happen was to give you new life. And possibly recognize the God who can give you eternal life in and out of this dangerous world within and without. I already know this God. I already knew him when I was praying three times a day. I knew who he was. I knew I was already in the lion's den hanging in Babylon with y'all Persians. I know. Y'all crazy. Y'all don't know God. Y'all signed 30-day injunctions to kill everybody who don't pray to you. Come on. But you need to live forever, king. In so many ways, it speaks to what we saw back in the fiery furnace in, in chapter 4, that believers are in the world for the glory of their God, for the world's salvation. Stop reading these Daniel stories and talking about, I made it through the furnace, right? <laughs> Some Christians didn't. What is their testimony? It's the same testimony of those who made it through. Because the ones who didn't make it through were sacrificed to God, and it told a story. It was powerful even in that. In fact, God says, precious is the death of those who die in the Lord. Right? So, so there is something precious and right and good that would come out of it if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had died in the furnace. This has always been a story of us living our lives out in the world in a way that others who don't know him, who are outside of the greater story, can see what goes on with us and come to the Lord. We're actually called to be and go into the lion's den of injustices and situations and issues in people's lives and hearts. And let me tell you, it is dangerous to go there. God has put us here. He's put us in people's lives. Hey, I'm really struggling with this. I want to run the other way because I know what it means. God's going to put my life, right, in, in, in harm's way in some way to help deliver you or share with you the good news of God's salvation. I don't want to do that. To face it all with faith that God will be made famous. He will be made famous, Right? And great through your involvement as believers living their faith. It's funny because we're going to get to it. But at the end, he didn't say, praise Daniel. Let's have a 30-day party to Daniel. Daniel, it's your birthday now, right? He's called us to live our faith in the dens of the world's danger at work, right? In the lives of people we know and love. Unlike what it meant when Daniel's co-workers said, long live the king. They were in it for selfish purposes. Why do you go to work? Why do you get up every morning? Why do you do what you do with others? You know it automatically puts you in the lion's den. I already explained it's a dangerous place. Just stay in the bed. That's dangerous too. Because self-loathing and laziness to get you there too. Take it from me, a full-time minister of the gospel. My wife says she thinks pastors should quit after nine years. Didn't you say that? Kevin's like, oh, nine years, that's good enough. <laughs> Sandy, you probably feel the same way sometimes. You, you don't have to tell me. I talk to your husband. 
He's ready for y'all to go to the Caribbean and live. You know, just, just take off. Talk to pastors all the time. Y'all ready? Yeah. Where's that pastor's boat out of town? Right? Because you live your lives bound and before then the people you're serving and they're lions. And your own. So it puts you in danger of your own sin. Right? This is the faith of God holding us and keeping us. Is yeah, you know, believers supposed to go out there and kind of stand in the gap. And in, like we talked about at, 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 in our mission statement, we're called to engage the world. And we want to do mercy and justice in the community. And we, we want to be a church of diversity and fight racial injustice and, and sexism and, 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 and all of this and all of that. You're going in a lion's den. Do you know that? And like Daniel, when you begin to say, we're going to be the kind of church that makes a difference in the world and all of this. And, you know, uh, we got the table talk thing that, that LeVan is doing. And you go to that and you think it's all cute and nice. When you get in there, don't you realize you go like bound before your own issues? Sometimes when I go to help people and I'm preaching and I'm doing things, I'm thinking, man, it's revealing all kind of things I hate about other people. And about myself. I'm tempted. That's why being a member of a church is serious business. And why a lot of churches don't have it. Because <laughs> you can just jump out when you want to. You know, when you join a church, it's like being bound to one another in a lion's den. You see, following, being a follower of Jesus, living in this world, means, means being thrown into a den of lions for the sake of the world's good and God's glory. And sometimes you feel it more at sometimes than others. And yet, you know what the, 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 the message of the church is? Come and get free. Free in what way? Free from suffering? Nah. Nope, Jesus said no. You're going to suffer. Free from death, free from anguish, free from distress. No. Surviving that, yes, but not free from it. Right? Let, let, let's look at this. So for the Dariuses of the world, the Lord has not only sent you believers to lies then to serve, to offer ourselves up, but to have, hear this, this is most important, because I don't want this to be a humanistic story. Well, oh, we're going to go save the world, and we know we're going to suffer, and we're just going to be hurt and harmed, right? And so we go in and we're all, you know, uh, uh, self-loathing and, 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 and flogging ourselves. No, that's not what I'm talking about. To have the Lord show up and show out in the work of your lives, in the ministry of your presence, that it is God himself who comes to save through you as you're in the position in the den. Now, with that said about believers calling and role, true, in many ways we believers are like Daniel in the story, but only as much as we stand in the blameless, forgiving work of Jesus, only as we stand as servants of Jesus, born again. But all things considered, more often than not, Daniel is more like Jesus, and we live and act more like Darius. Living in the dangers of sin without and within us. See, Jesus, like Daniel, he faced a lion. He paid for our breaking and misuse of the law. 
He paid the price for our pride and legalism and for our inner sin and brokenness. It was our sin like Darius's that put Jesus on the cross and why he had to be sent. The law of God required a sacrifice for our brokenness. Jesus was thrown into the den of our mistakes and the world mistakes and sins and Jesus' body and blood. It satisfied the penalty of death of, of the death of sin for us. His powerful blood fed the lions so that our souls could be free. His blood filled them, it quenched them, and shut their condemning mouths, and it made the hungriest things within us not able to condemn us and shame us and separate us from the love of God. Our Lord fed himself, his perfection, to the lions that would have, like Darius, destroyed our lives and our legacy before God and in this world. Face it. Like Darius, we all have failed to satisfy the requirements of being good enough and wise enough and keen enough to protect ourselves in the dangers within and without, and our communities and world have and will suffer. Our greatest and only hope is true that Jesus died and paid the lion for our sin, but that he rose again, which means we are forgiven. We are saved. We are not condemned. Our mistakes do not define us. Our mishaps and hunger and power issues will not spell our doom, and Satan and all the evil world will not have the final word on our lives. So there is not a call, unlike what you see a lot of churches do, say that you must be strong enough and you got to be tough enough and internally guarded and put together enough, but you must have a savior rather who is enough, who can cover you and keep the lines away from condemning and humiliating and destroying you, even in your mistakes. Who's come to shut the mouths? which means stop the lines from being the thing that controls, runs, and ruins what God has ordained and destined for you in Christ Jesus, which means he is not only our Savior, but as I close here, our King. Do you see the real King in the story? It isn't King Darius. See, King Darius puts in motion with his words something that he has no power or control or ability to change or show grace or mercy to. He can only say what once he gets tricked. Daniel, I hope God helps you, right? I put you there. My sin condemned you. I sure hope somebody more powerful and loving can deliver you. You see, it's funny. He didn't go in that, that den to help Daniel, did he? Isn't it funny King Darius didn't say, let me go. I help you. Because the lions don't listen to King Darius. If he went down there, he'd be eaten before he hit the bottom, right? They don't care if it's king meat. They don't care. They don't be like, oh, that's king meat. Let me not eat that. No. He says, I hope God down there with you. <laughs> no one, including yourself, can be and are not very good at being the king or queen of their own danger, of their own sin, of your own kingdoms and queendoms, and the laws and dangers within. You know, we've been going through the Sonship Bible study series and in our community group. You know, one of the most interesting things about that is they talk about the laws you make for yourself are the most dangerous ones. 
that God has not given you. That in your pride, like Darius, right? In your desire to fix things, in your desire to make your life better or yourself better, you've made morals and guidelines and things that condemn you that now trap you, right? It's almost like you put the signet ring on your own life. When you're the king, we build the den around ourselves and others. Stop trying to be King Darius and just kind of assign God over part of your life and, and your own rules and ethics try to run him. Stop trying to be powerful and wise enough. You see, there's an unseen but much praised king for us who is in the den who's in the middle of the den before the den when the world is scheming and scamming, a king who does, not see into the dark, who, who does see into the dark den and hearts and minds of those who, who were in danger and creating danger for themselves. And there is a king who controls the narrative of mercy and grace and justice and who determines who is devoured and who is delivered, who is not harnessed or held back by any law any man can put in place that is harmful or hindrance to the deliverance and dignity of people. And all the lions and kings of the world must must bow to the God of the Bible revealed in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the king of the den and the heart and the circumstances. He is the lion's king. And he comes to rescue and wrestle you from your shame and your fears the ways you're being hard on yourself and all you see and don't see within and without. And with this, what does Darius say? What the lion's king is calling us to say. For he, verse 26, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be, shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lion's den. We know that he is Christ Jesus. If you're sitting here, whether you're a believer or not, and you think about where you are in your life, and you're not praying a prayer of dominion to God, it's time to begin. It's time to humble yourself. You can't destroy the enemies within and without. Only the God who's our deliverer, Savior, and King, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being the lion's king. We've got all kinds of stuff working within us. Some of us are in danger of being swallowed up by cynicism. We have a yeah, right attitude toward all things you. Lord, we are in danger of being swallowed up by our history. 
by what we think mom and dad are going to think. We're in danger of being swallowed up by comparing. We're in danger of being swallowed up, Lord, by all kind of emotional and mental issues and scars and sicknesses and problems. We cannot deliver ourselves. We could not be our own king. Deliver us, I pray, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray for your people right now. When they leave here, even while they're in here, they're in the lion's den for the world, for your glory. I pray that through their lives, the world would see we need a savior. We need a God like the ones that the believers have who've delivered them, who will never leave or forsake them. Lord, I pray not only that, that we would be able to tell that story to one another. Encourage us, Lord, to pray, seeking your supernatural intervention. Because so many of our marriages and our families and our relationships and friendships and we ourselves are in danger of being consumed. Please, Lord, Help us not be condemned or lose faith because of those things. Deliver us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.